0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David. Lewis, is at Medieval Times. Happy birthday to my goddaughter, Jacelia. Throw a little shout out there. So today, I'm just joined with our, our lovely buddy from L.A.
1: Gaius. What's going so on, G? Another sunny, sunny Sunday in Los Angeles. It's
0: nice and early over there, isn't it? It is nice and early,
1: and it's the sun's already calling my name, too.
0: It's not not over here looks like it's going to rain again. Uh, we caught, we caught, no, nah, the thing is like the, the worst thing about the weather around here this week was Friday and Saturday were about 80 degrees and today it's going to be in the low fifties. So that's, that's a nice little change. I mean, I personally prefer cold here all the time. Uh, you want it to be cold? Over there? I, I love it. I can't yeah. deal with, I'm not the type of person that can deal with the heat. The summer is the worst thing for me.
1: Clearly I uh, I'm just not built for cold
2: weather. So like next ne- next
0: year, next year when I like when we get over there to LA, I think I'm gonna have to have like one of those wet towels all the time. <laughs> I can only imagine how hot it is over there in June and July.
1: Dude, it'll be like sixty five here and we're like, Oh, we gotta get our jackets, it's cold. <laughs>
0: it's funny because um we Jen and I have family over over in Florida and I think it was like in February and it was like I guess forty nine, fifty degrees, and they were like at Disney, and they were taking pictures, and it was like they were in like North Faces, and, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, like, really, like it's such a difference, like with the weather here. I'm like in shorts, and it's like minus five. I have no problem wearing shorts. Yeah, you're better than me. <laughs> no, that's why. That's why you you love Hermosa Beach.
1: Yep, be in shorts all the time, and it's completely logical and i and
0: I and i think speaking of hermosa beach i think since every week that we've had a podcast we've mentioned the little movie that i love there was a vote that came through this week for a certain movie's lights to reappear on the on the boardwalk how did that go over there on your end
1: uh well they voted yes but every uh they can actually challenge a <laughs> certain you know Vote, so they're actually recounting it, and it's usually, it's most likely a bunch of uh, older people that don't want it, so that's why they're gonna have another vote. So if they say yes again,
0: are they gonna? Can they recount <laughs> then it's done. it?
1: Then it's done. So, but the the thing is today is that um, Hermosa Beach is doing like uh they're having like a la, la 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 land day on the Hermosa Pier, and they're bringing the lights back for just one day and i think it's kind of to show like how many people they can get down there to kind of just celebrate it and if a, if a lot of people turn out for it i think that would be a big push of like yeah this is gonna happen
0: that's i mean that's a
1: brilliant idea so yeah they're like gonna have like a bunch of like jazz musicians playing and stuff like that on the pier i cut ca- you had la la land day on
0: tuesday over there for the release yeah right? yeah
1: apparently apparently it's multiple days and <laughs> and i yeah. know everyone hates it around you right i know everyone, a lot of people don't uh I'm, i mean my some of my friends are for it like they think it's cool and then i have other friends that are just like they won't be caught dead anywhere near the pier on that end of the pier today <laughs> I, I
0: i i can imagine there are like the corn balls that walk on the pier playing city of stars in their on their phones
2: oh yeah there's a few of those there's a few of those,
0: I, there's a few <laughs> of those. <laughs> I can promise I I won't do that when I head down there next year. I kind of feel like you might though. No, I can't do that. No, there's <laughs> certain levels of like cheese that that I that I that I get to, and that's a little bit too much for me. I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be mum, hum, thinking about it in my head though. That's a that's as far as I'm going. Maybe humming it or something. And
1: if you're the same. You're gonna like mimic all his movements probably. Yeah. That. <laughs> so I have
0: to I have to find a nice couple that I can dance with the with the old man's wife too yeah i I, I think i could do that um Um, but moving on today is a pretty tight agenda nothing too crazy we'll talk about a little bit of film news uh guys wants to talk about some little show that ended this week that we differ on this little show (laughs) and then we can start off with um tribeca since last night was the closing ceremony of tribeca with the Godfather Reunion. They screened the Godfather One and Godfather Two back to back. And I must say it wasn't as tedious as I thought it would be. I mean, those yeah. are two of the greatest films ever made. But it's six about six and a half hours before we even got to the panel. And to me it flew right by. It was um the panel itself was excellent. Like you had everyone there, Pacino, De Niro, uh Francis Ford Coppola, uh, James Kahn, Robert Duvall and diane keaton and yeah no it was great the my uh my mark out moment of the day which i didn't even notice was until probably it was too late for me to even go up to him and say hi and try to ask for a picture was uh i was sitting down we're intermission and francis Ford coppola walks right by me
1: and you didn't notice i
0: didn't (laughs) i noticed he I, i saw like a this giant of a man walked right past me and I'm like oh this guy looks like like someone and then I look up and I'm like Oh shit this guy's like already down the aisle and I couldn't even even go miss, up to him and moment. <laughs> uh, I think his daughter was there too we noticed his daughter was there oh
2: really
0: yeah um who else is it Whoopi Goldberg was there we had uh she was sitting about two rows in front of us
1: she'll talk about it on the view
0: oh and apparently Leonardo DiCaprio was there too which makes a certain someone i know very upset
1: that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of power in one room <laughs> yeah
0: no i can the best part i guess it was um certain little things that they they screened the the q a on facebook live they threw it up on facebook live and they were talking about it they asked coppola like what the godfather worked today and he was saying that it would never work today because it would I, he doesn't think the film would be green, green lit because of like what Hollywood is looking for like they're so con, they're so intent on creating franchises that oh. he doesn't think that the film would be made today and that was crazy like a film like that not being made I can't imagine a world without the Godfather
1: kind of depressing about our industry right now <laughs> and yeah and
0: it sucks because they they were, Pacino was kind of like saying something similar to that in terms of like how everything has changed from the way it was in the 70s as opposed as to today you know you're making movies back then to like create art but now people create movies in terms of they want to create franchises and there's no originality because of all the reboots and everything that's going on so it's you know it's good it's it's refreshing to see i guess that their mindset hasn't changed because if they wanted to, they could just probably jump on the next franchise if they wanted to. Yeah, even Coppola, eighty years old, and Pacino at seventy-seven. There's new life for anybody. They could just be like the next like cliche Marvel villain or DC villain, or Coppola can direct a Marvel film just to say I did it. But you know what? They want to stick to with their roots. You know they don't make. Uh, Pacino doesn't make anything real good anymore. But you know, it is what well,
1: it is. Well, I I didn't kind of realize that. I guess like most of those people have kind of stayed away from that. Yeah, and- like- I haven't watched it at um, all, and it's it's it's
0: crazy what they, I didn't even think about it until they said it yesterday. How like it kind of goes into like why I like certain movies. Like that's why I love Moonlight so much. That's why I love La La Land so much. Is because they try to be do something different. They try to like like I don't see like a line of I can't imagine a line of people in Hollywood saying I will have an original musical for you. You know what I mean? So right. I guess. That kind of goes into like what they were saying yesterday, like there's so such lack of originality in Hollywood right now that it's sad to see and i love I love my comic book films, I'm sure you do too oh, but yeah. at, at, if in looking at twenty twenty hindsight right now, is it like is it killing Hollywood right now because they're so intent on like studios creating these franchises based on what Marvel has done
1: well, I don't know if it's really killing it because. You know, you have these movies making, like, over a billion dollars worldwide, so that they're looking at that as their bottom line, and if that's their bottom line, and they're making money from it. They're
0: and, scared of taking risks, is what I right, think. Yeah. Right. They know this is going to make money, yeah. so we're just going to, you know, put it. it's everything.
1: hard to put, like, $200 million into something that's not... that you don't know will...
0: Oh, and that's that's where I think the risks could pay off, because... They were saying the Godfather. I mean, it's 1972. The Godfather cost seven million dollars to
1: make, which was like a lot back then.
0: <laughs> no, even he was saying Coppola was saying even back then it wasn't that much, as, oh, okay. appo- as opposed to what it ended up becoming and what it, how much money it ended up making. So, and Pacino being my favorite actor, just seeing being up close to him like that I was I was eight rows away from him and it was like a little fanboy moment that I had yesterday too. And we also saw um My friend Dahmer, which will go into your Bates Motel uh commentary. So My Friend Dahmer is not a movie about Dahmer killing everybody and it's about Dahmer in high school. His senior his junior and senior year of high school of him like you see him he's this awkward child, this awkward teen that's like doing certain things in order to fit in but in reality he's just like lost he's you know he knows that he's the you know the butt of the jokes in the school and it just shows his transition from where he is in high school and then his graduation day of high school and the film ends so perfectly it was my favorite of the whole festival and it ends so well because it kind of goes along the line of where Bates Motel shows Norman transition into what he becomes. Right. It does the same thing with the movie. And that's why I I haven't been a fan of Bates Motel for reasons we've spoken about before, but you said when I explained the movie to you off the line, you said that well, that's pretty similar, right? B- how that Bates Motel? Pretty similar. So it might pique my interest again along with your article from this week to 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 catch it. Um I highly recommend it. It hasn't been picked up yet, but if it does, I highly recommend you see it because I think you'll you'll really enjoy it. Uh, do you know anything about Dahmer at all? Or just, you know, just like...
1: Uh, you know, he's I like, watch a lot of true crime TV. So yeah. Okay, so <laughs> pretty
0: much how the film ends. Spoiler alert for anyone that doesn't want to listen to that. Just fast forward a few seconds now. Um, The film ends with him picking up his first victim. So he's driving around. He sees this guy because um, Dahmer is uh, he's gay and he doesn't tell anyone no one knows he is so he sees this attractive guy and he just drives past him and then he looks back he thinks about it and then he backs up and he picks him up and then the, he asks what his name is and the guy says his name and the, the name he says it's the first victim and then he just drives away and then the movie ends with that and it just says everything that happened to Dahmer after that so it ends on such a like, like perfect note in terms of like where he's going to go on after that. We yeah, it's it's really good. We also saw Chuck. Uh, it's a movie about Chuck Wepner, the Bayou Bleeder. Uh, it's a typical boxing movie. I don't know if you ever heard about Chuck Wepner. He was actually the inspiration for Rocky. He fought Muhammad Ali for fifteen rounds, similar to Rocky with Creed. And he was a bookie as well like one of not a bookie but like those uh those enforcers that are collecting money for bookies and stuff like that so lee of schreiber's in this and it's good it has its flaws because it kind of shows all the negative but doesn't really show he they, they make him seem like this complete jerk but they don't put out some of like the positives that he did in his life but they Sylvester, to someone that plays i forgot his name he plays sylvester stallone in the movie and his impersonation was p- perfect. His, like, he could do sly. he could do that, hey, yo, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, I like your story, and uh, you know, <laughs> so, after that, like, they were talking about how, like, Chuck Webner actually sued Sylvester Stallone f- for $15 million for stealing his life story from Rocky. So, well- <laughs> no, they settled. They settled out of court. So I'm guessing he got a, a nice little chump change of money.
1: Yeah, just to not talk about it anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it's funny because uh, after the after the film, they had a Q and A, and they asked him what um about that, and he was just like not having it. He was like, it's settled. That's it." So that settles all the. Today we're actually, even though the festival had its closing ceremony yesterday. We're actually watching a documentary today. Can't stop. Won't stop. That's about bad boy records and puffy and his.
2: Oh, I
1: would want to see that. <laughs> I,
0: I, uh, I'm glad to see it, but I'm also wary of how much they're going to, you know, revise history. All right. That goes into my, uh, like, I love straight out of Compton, but there's certain things about straight out of Compton. And I didn't like that. They did. So, and it, rewriting history because you are involved in the project i guess that's you know the sacrifice we do by you know we have as fans by watching these movies that we know that like the reality of certain films that are you know changed.
1: that's not exactly how that happened (laughs) yeah like i'm
0: watching straight out of compton i'm like um you missed the part where you destroyed easy e on on your records and you missed the part where Easy destroyed you on a diss track back, but it's okay. We can just fast forward to when Easy has AIDS and you guys become friends before he dies. Sure, why not? So
1: that I like that movie too, but it's a, it's very, very, very clean. Yeah, I mean, no, I I do like
0: I do like Straight Outta Compton. Don't get me wrong; it was in my top ten for 2015, but it was one of those like, ah, uh, come on, like you know, the guy's dead. Can we? We should just like. What really happened out there? So I mean,
1: he's got he's got family, man. and You know, they're gonna see it too. <laughs> right, sure. He's, I mean, he's got a lot of family. <laughs> um,
0: but besides that, this year's Tribeca was was great as usual. Can't wait for next year. And next up, before we get into your Bates Motel, uh, our di- topic of debate last week, Thirteen Reasons Why, looks like we're getting a second season after all.
1: Oh, I'm the only one on here that's excited for me.
0: <laughs> I don't sound excited at all, do I? don't you don't exactly you know, it's excited not, at it's all funny because I actually if they're going where I think they're going because i do you agree that the end of the first season kind of left everything you know a little open as to this guy is gonna be like killing these kids one by one?
1: Yes, yes, so I kind of think that's where that's it kind could of go. that's kind of interesting.
0: I'm not gonna lie I want to see if they actually do something with that.
1: Um, I'm actually, I'm excited just cause I, I like the show, but I'm also like on the other side of it too, where like at certain things should just be kind of like a one-off and I think like, uh, I think studios, I think this would be a good one to be like a good one-off 13 episodes. They told whatever story they need to tell and it was great and it's... leave it at that. But
0: it's one of those, um, people forget what a mini series is and they just say <laughs> You know, let's just do more. So, I mean, well,
1: I, yeah, it, I mentioned, too, that it was like the most tweeted about show in Netflix history. And then I read later that it is officially Netflix's most popular streaming show. They won't release numbers, but they never do. Was Str- but,
0: did it, so Stranger Things was number one, right?
1: Yeah, it was. And now oh, it's interesting, the- so
0: 13 reasons why is the number one Netflix show right. of all time. That's- it
1: has, like it has Selena Gomez power. like she tells everyone of her Instagram followers and her Twitter followers to watch watch it now, and then like
2: you: Can you
0: Well you agree because I don't think much of her as an actress. Do you think that if she would have been on the show, it would have even drawn even more though, because of just of her fame?
2: I
1: think it would have drawn even more, but I also think it would have been incredibly distracting people on it. Yeah, I agree.
0: The fact that it was a no name,
1: it made yeah. everything. and like, I, I don't even think that she's that bad an actress. I think she's decent enough, you know. But like, I just think she's so big. Like, she, like her name and her brand is bigger than, uh, bigger than that show. Like
0: thirteen reasons oh. why it would have been Selena, and then she just you know makes up with Justin, and Justin plays Clay. Yeah, pretty much. I think yeah. that's. What- <laughs> I can't, can't. I think that
1: would break the internet. And like you know, and she has she's been pretty honest, like like in her real life that she's gone through that kind of stuff before. And I I just think it, just knowing that, I, and like everyone kind of knowing that, I just think it would have been distracting if it was her. And I it was it was like guess, talked about her being on it, but then she made the final decision that she just wanted to be behind the scenes and get it made. Yeah. Well,
0: we'll see if it. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's gonna get renewed. Right now, it's on the brink, but I'm pretty sure that they'll probably confirm that soon. And then the last bit of news for this week, because it was a really slow, slow news week, is um we're going we're gonna get an unbreakable sequel. Yay! Finally. And for anyone that doesn't know, Split that came out this year, the the f- end of that film had a little bit of a cameo from Bruce Willis, and said that sets up the connection between Split and Unbreakable. And I personally went nuts while watching the movie because I was like, oh, shit, it's about fucking time because I loved Unbreakable.
1: I did too, and, but then I saw it with, like, three people who hadn't seen Unbreakable, so they did not like that at all. And then when I explained it to them, they were like, well, how are we supposed to know that going in? That's not fair to us. <laughs> like,
2: See, that's like, I- the one thing that I, <laughs> I,
1: I,
0: I'm with you on that because that's the one thing that I got from people that haven't seen Unbreakable that saw Split and they're like, well, why is Bruce Willis at the end? That just makes no sense. He should have yeah, been in the whole were... movie. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. You don't get it at all. And I'm one that you're probably gonna smack me across, uh, across the, the the ocean. That um, I don't like the Sixth Sense. So Unbreakable is actually my favorite. Uh, Unbreakable is my favorite M Night movie. So how do you not like the Sixth Sense? Uh, we'll discuss so that good. in October because I know that's gonna be on your list.
2: It's so good. It's fine. It's like, it's M Night. Fine. Huff-
0: I mean, I saw that twist coming about halfway through the movie, so I guess I wasn't... My... Maybe I was, what,
1: Maybe I just wasn't paying attention as much back then. I totally didn't. I guess, I don't know, I was 13
0: at the time? 12, 13? I guess I was just sitting there watching it, and I was just like, Oh, I think this guy's dead the whole time. And I was watching with an old buddy of mine, and he was He was like, No, no, he's dead. And when, he, when it happened, he was like, <laughs> Oh, yes, he was. So, like, I was, I I don't know. I, I haven't seen it in probably 15 years. So the movie's You almost, might like it. You yeah, might the, like it. The movie's 20 years old next year, right? Or or 19 years old. When did it come on, Nin- 98 or 99? I want to say 99. So we're getting close to the 20th anniversary. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in so long. Maybe I should give it a, another look. But watching it, though I've, I've probably seen it like three times total and it never did anything for me, so maybe...
1: So oh, I started watching that movie again when he started making really awful movies, and I was like, maybe I missed something. Maybe he was just always bad. And <laughs> I went back and watched him and I was like, no, no, he was good. Like His first three movies were really good. Don't know what happened, but I, I'm glad. You of know battled. what
0: I did like until the end with Signs, too? I love Signs, and then I realized that what killed the aliens or what hurt them was the water, and I was like, ah, uh, yeah, about that.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of how it ends. I do like the movie as a whole though. Like, yeah, I it has some like really tense, scary movies. Like I will forever remember that the footage at the birthday party thing and like I think it was Brazil, when the alien like walks by like that's, the little alleyway. That's the creepiest moment of the movie, right? Yeah. That's just, just like the shit out of us when we saw it. Like we all like jumped like Joaquin Phoenix does in the movie. Like we all kinda had his reaction while we were watching it. That's that's probably
0: his last good movie until Split, right? Or did you Well, I, vi- hate, I, I didn't like, like the village so visit. at
1: all. I like to visit. But I mean I know some people that didn't like it, but I thought that was like a, a sign of like, okay, he's kinda getting back to what he
0: I heard you were a big fan of the happening, right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I love love, yeah. love the happening. I, I figured. Mark Wahlberg oh, and all that fun talk stuff. It fucking the plants. yeah that's that's good times <laughs> so and i you know what makes the movie frustrating is that it starts off fairly decent like when they're everyone's kind of committing like mass suicide and like yeah. you're just kinda like what's going on and then you get the explanation and it's just like that's it's like i
0: i hate to i mean i'll never compare m night Shyamalan to hitchcock but it's like if the birds started and it's so interesting because these birds just decide to attack you Right, And they give no reason for it, and at the end of the birds, you really don't know why they just decide to stop. And the real fear at the end of the movie that Hitchcock you know gives out is that when these these group of people are leaving the house, and these birds are just sitting there staring at you, you don't know if they just want to attack you at any second, and that's what makes right. that work. Like sometimes you don't have to explain things, sometimes it just happens, you know, and I think M. Night is so con- so like he concentrates so much on having a twist or having an explanation for something that it just doesn't work.
1: Yeah, that's his thing apparently. Yeah, it was funny though. A lot of people do compare him to Hitchcock, though, especially early in his career. Boy, Uh like he he got that comparison a lot. I mean, now they they stop those comparisons after signs, Traps. like when we start like Lady in the Water and all that stuff. Like everyone kind of stops. I, I I would hope
0: like because I think people have this, this understanding that Hitchcock is a horror director and he's not. So it's like he made one horror film, and you really want to look at it, and that's Psycho. And I guess the birds, but everything else is more just drama, suspenseful films that he's just a master of suspense, as they call them. But like, I think people have this this idea that Hitchcock is just a horror director when in reality he didn't direct
1: almost any horror films. Is it like uh, he never won an Oscar, right?
0: Yeah, he never won an Oscar. He got an honorary Oscar in 1980 before he died, I believe. And then, or was it AFI Lifetime Achievement? I think he does have an honorary Oscar. But yeah, he never got one. He won best. Rebecca won best picture in '40, and he didn't win director. So, yeah, no, I, I, I don't understand how he never got one. I guess it was the Academy at a different. I mean, the Academy hasn't changed much, but I mean, the Academy at that point was probably even less accepting of a movie type of movie that he used to make because real well, window is all yeah. that that's his best in my opinion but it's now a movie that i think the academy in 1953 when that movie came out would probably be like hey let's just give this movie best picture and this guy best director but
1: uh, yeah i guess that would make sense they probably and the, the academy probably viewed him the way a lot of people view him like just assuming that he was like a horror director or you know just and that's a shame Rocky. because he's yeah. my
0: favorite director of all time, and I've seen over thirty of of his films, and it's just a shame that people look at him as just this horror director.
1: Well, I mean, he's known, I mean, primarily for Psycho. If you if you don't really know his work, so like, yeah. I, mean, so I think that's kind of the thing. That's like, like, like
0: say, s- saying yeah. to me, saying, um, Alfred Hitchcock is just a horror director is thinking that the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a horror movie
2: exactly <laughs> so sure.
0: it's it's like no, it has the word horror in it it is a musical uh, trippy fun musical <laughs> but uh, speaking of Hitchcock and Psycho uh, so Bates Motel ended on Monday and after five long seasons <laughs> how, you, <laughs> how, are you, how are you feeling are you sad are you happy are you satisfied
1: I, uh, I am satisfied and i'm happy with how it ended i'm sad that it's over though uh i was actually talking with friends about it because like a bunch of my friends love that show and like we like so look forward to like around march like you know on monday nights at, at 10 like we were gonna watch base motel and like not just watch it but like we were actually I'm telling you this was the first time i actually was in a group chat with a bunch of people that watch it and like after it was, every episode was over we would like go in the group chat on our phone and it was like Like, what do you think about this, and what do you think of that? And, like, now that's that's done, and that kind of sucks. But I I was very happy with how it ended. Like, it it was very, uh, it made sense to me that's where it would end up. And I was really happy with, you know, the direction they took. And um, despite, like, I don't want to, I mean, I guess we can say there's spoilers if if I do drop any. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, everyone in their own right ended up, for the most part, like, ended up kinda happy like in their own little happy place. Uh, you know, Norman got to be with his mother and that's what he wanted. He was happy there. And Dylan, you know, ends up happy with the kid and, you know yeah, everyone kinda has their own little happy ending. You know, Norman and his mom is, you know, in death and then his brother gets one in life. So I thought it was a nice little bow happy at the bill, end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's happy as a show like that can make it <laughs>
0: I, they can do whatever they want, I guess, with the ending because Psycho ends with Norman in an insane asylum. However, right. you have—I don't know if you knew this. There's a Psycho two, three, and four.
1: Yes, I actually like Psycho two. I don't. I mean, it's not. I like. Near, si- no, I like Psycho not, two. It's, no, it's, it's not nowhere near Psycho, but it's actually it's a pretty interesting movie.
0: It's interesting. I I have them, and it's
1: it's um it's
0: interesting to watch because you have Hitchcock, which is the greatest to me and um then you have part two and it's like what is what is norman gonna do and he becomes this like convict that's like working at like at the at the diner and then he falls in love with this girl he eventually transitions at the end of part two right yeah he does yeah so i the way the base motel ended in hindsight i guess he took a better route than they did with uh with the films because I think by part three or four, Norman burns down with the house, He dies in the house. Oh. So I, I'm, I can, I still have not seen the rest of the series, the series I've seen one season, but we've discussed my, you know, certain issues with like certain episodes. I have gone in and watched certain episodes for the podcast, but season one was just poor. And it's one of those, like we were saying off the line, off the air before, it's one of those shows that has a that that's a first season that would get canceled in any number any normal circumstance. I think in terms of quality, I in my opinion. But it, I give credit to A and E for sticking with it because, like you said, off the off the line, um, two to five, you said are some of the best seasons. Great.
1: So, and it really kind of hits its peak. Like I mean, I think season four and this season is probably like the best. Because it kind of, like, season four, even though, like, it's been hinted at throughout the entire show, like, where he's kind of going, like, he, like, the Norman Bates we kind of meet in Psycho, this season four is when he kind of fully begins to transition into that, where, like, the line between, like, what's real for him and, like, what he kind of creates in his own head is completely blurred, and you kind of start, and, like, his mom really starts to pick up on it, like, it's, like, the, the interesting about the show is that the character dynamics are just really interesting. Like, there's no clean-cut like you villain or anything. Like, there's no one to be like mad at. Like, you like part of you wants to be upset with like the stuff he's doing, but like you also feel sorry for him because like a lot of it's like out of his control. Like he doesn't really know what he's doing half the time.
0: And I actually have an interesting question for you. I'm just curious since you've seen the show, and who is the better Norman Bates, Anthony Perkins? or Freddie, what's his last name? Oh, Highmore.
1: Uh, that's
2: not fair. Uh, I gotta <laughs> Anthony,
1: ask. Anthony Perkins is better, but I'm going to give Freddie Highmore a lot of credit because he could easily just like try to copy him and mimic him, and he did a lot of little things differently, and I think he has the advantage too a little bit over Anthony Perkins, even though I think Anthony Perkins is better. He has the advantage because he got to develop that character over five seasons, so you got to watch him kind of grow yeah, into the park. And, and uh, he was this he innocent pulled. kid in
0: the beginning, because from what right. I see in the first season, by right. the end of this, I think by the end of the first season, what I notice is that it's a little transition, but nothing like right. too blatantly. It's kind of yeah, it's not blatantly thrown in your face. So I, you know, I still have so much to see, but uh, I'm glad you still said Anthony Perkins. So. Yeah, I
1: wouldn't I, I wouldn't. I mean, it's Anthony I wouldn't Perkins
0: performance is <laughs> in my top 10 performances of all time. No, it's a so, performance.
1: Also didn't get
0: nominated for an Oscar, which is kind of crazy. And it goes into like our, our Hitchcock thing. It's just like they just didn't want to reward. If you look at the Oscars like from early 30s to, I don't know, maybe the, I'd have to look at the 60s, but like it seems like they just want to reward these happy-go-lucky films that don't deserve it. Like I think right. Around the World in 80 Days or something, one of the best picture and it's like, I've seen a glimpse of it and it's not very good. So
1: yeah. But that's... Well, what's crazy to me too is that Janet, Janet Lee got nominated for Psycho, and I'm not saying anything against her because it was—I I don't understand what about it was. She I got mean, nominated.
0: I—I like, did, I didn't even know that she was nominated yeah, for like, actress or supporting actress.
1: Supporting actress. So like, I—I. I, I,
0: eh. At least they put her in the right category because I was about to say category fraud if they put her in. In Lee, I
1: just so like it's not like she's—I mean she's good in it. I just no, never. No, she, like, she I, wasn't. Well, like when I watch it, I'm not like, Oh, yeah, you're definitely
0: gonna get nominated. I'm actually for a... I'm gonna look up real quick while we're cu- we're conversing here uh, what was nominated that year because I'm very curious as to why who was nominated with with her that year. Because it does it doesn't seem I don't know. I uh, the fact that she got it and he didn't, it just was Seems shocking odd. to me, yeah. Uh, I mean
1: that, <laughs> the character of Marion Crane's had an interesting uh we had Janet Lee, and then she, we had Ann,
0: and then we had Ann Hase. <laughs> she's had a, She's had an interesting fifty-seven
1: years. <laughs> and then we had Rihanna on Base Hotel. So, <laughs> which one was your favorite, though? <laughs> Janet Lee wins, but you know I'm going to give Rihanna credit too because I actually thought she was decent. And and knowing that, like what I know, like they only had her for like a little less than a week, or maybe a week, because her schedule was so tight with uh, touring and stuff. Um, and they were able to get her in the two episodes, and actually, it didn't feel like it was rushed or like a gimmick. Like it felt like she kind of, you know, she fit in w- with what they were trying to do.
0: So I'm looking at looking at everything that's here. I don't think it it would have been difficult for it to win Best Picture. I mean, it's I prefer Cycle over The Apartment won Best Picture in in 1960. Oh, well,
2: that's not. That's not. That's and I yeah.
0: love Billy Wilder, so yeah. Um, it won picture and director. Hitchcock was nominated for director for Psycho though, but the movie didn't oh. he was the lone director, he didn't get nominated for picture. Well, so so the movie did get some love.
1: And it, somehow Anthony
0: Perkins got known. <laughs> it only what's I think what's even more blasphemous that it didn't get nominated for best adapted screenplay.
2: Oh, it didn't? No.
0: Neither. So it's just I'm looking at these and I'm like how do we get Hitchcock and Lee, but we don't get a picture nom, an actor nom, or a adaptive screen? Uh, I don't know. It is it is what it is. The Academy will always be fickle. <laughs> You've been back in 1960. and Nothing, not much has changed. But that go, going into the Bates Motel debate, we get into our, our top ten for the week would be where your show, your love for Bates Motel puts that in your top ten, top uh, tv shows of all time so we'll count this down like we usually do every week from 10 to 1 and i am very curious to see where Bates motel lands in your top 10 can we spoiler alert is it in your 10
1: it's in my 10
0: oh i can i can only can only imagine where it is it's there (laughs) and like every week we don't know any of our lists so that's why our reactions are as authentic as possible
1: do we have uh, honorable mentions at all this week?
0: So, I guess we can throw some out there. I didn't even think of it until, you know, you mentioned it right now, but something that comes to mind for me would be uh it's cheese 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 and more cheese. Um I'm going to throw the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on that list as a guilty pleasure. I mean, a guilty pleasure and an uh, honorable mention from my f- top 10 favorite shows. Right. Um it's a bad show. It's not good. <laughs> it's just in it, it, it was my childhood for what it was it was it knew what it was and it didn't it didn't shy away from being corny so it was very fun for me so i would throw that as an honorable mention what about you
1: uh since apparently i you know missed being in high school i'm gonna throw out two (laughs) Two. i'm gonna put uh i have the oc and gossip girl as horrible (laughs) i could put them in i could put them in the top 10 i you know what's funny i i thought the
0: oc or gossip girl would have been in your top ten.
1: So I thought, okay, when I wrote the list, the OC was actually at number 10, and then I showed it to some friends, and they were like, man, I understand. Like, I love the OC, too, but you can't put that in your top <laughs> 10 TV shows. And he was like, don't you guys do honorable mentions? I was like, yeah. He's like, you should put it there. Like, you can still mention it. Yeah. we're like, put it in your top 10. <laughs> oh, my. That, that. It's someone that actually loves that show, too. Like, when, like we used to have, like, uh, so bad. We used to have, like, OC viewing parties. Wait, like, did you it,
0: have, so in your oc viewing parties did you have like like did they have any special foods that they eat and uh on the on the show like you know oh, so,
1: so like so like they would always have like uh on the oc there was always like these big like gala events like different like <laughs> parties like they would have in newport beach so you so, have weekly galas yeah so all the girls would make like all these like really like bougie like hors d'oeuvres that like they would make on the show. That's hysterical. And um every, and then everything that happened on the OC, like any big like argument seemed to always kinda of happen in their kitchen. That's where all the drama would kinda of happen at the house. That's funny. So like the TV that we were watching on was actually set up in the kitchen and then we would all like watch it around like this big kitchen table and and we actually turned like some of it into a drinking game too. It was fun. It was a, it was a it was a fun four years. I mean I'm a fan of Gossip Girl too, except I think we
0: both can agree that Dan should not have been Gossip Girl. I don't.
1: Uh, yeah, that was a silly thing, and that was that was another reason why I couldn't put it in the top ten because like it, I mean, the show kind of fell off.
0: I think Especially yeah, I, it's thing. funny because I didn't I didn't see the ending until after the series ended and it hit Netflix, and I was like, oh, I I got to see who Gossip Girl ends up being. I was like, uh, oh, no, it should have just been
1: enough, uh, both shows, The OC and Gossip Girl, created by Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage. So I guess I, you know. I love what they do. Apparently, and did they have anything to do with Riverdale, or is that no? Uh, Greg Berlanti, who is like basically Wait. like Shonda Rhimes of like the CW, like Greg Berlanti uh, created Arrow and the Flash and uh, Supergirl. I, no,
0: now I know why I love Riverdale so much since Berlanti's the one they
2: created. Yeah,
1: Berlanti, I didn't realize how much he has been in the game like for a lot. Like he like wrote on season three of Dawson's Creek. Like I didn't know how long he had been working. Like in the industry, but like he had, uh, he helped, uh, he, I mean, I, I guess he was responsible for putting Joey and Pacey together on Dawson's Creek and kind of revive their ratings in season three because they kind of fell off a little bit. So he's actually, uh, he's really good at developing those kind of shows. You know, he kind of has his eye on, even though he's not in that age range anymore, he really has an eye on.
0: I was, and the- it's, uh, to cut you off real quick, I was waiting for the first, uh, Joey and Pacey mention.
1: Oh well, I mean, I have to do every week now. I guess. <laughs> that show is also not in my top ten. I I am shocked that <laughs> Dawson's Creek is not in your top. Dawson's now Creek that one I'm, is
0: legit shocking. I
1: I can't embarrass myself by putting. I mean, there are some. There there is a WB. There are actually some CW shows on there, but like I'm not. I can't do Dawson's
0: Creek. Well, if, I can throw another honorable mention that I really enjoyed, and I don't know why I enjoyed it as much as I did. Was uh Smallville? I love Smallville.
1: Smallville was good. smallville was was like a it gave them a i think it showed well then the wb before it transitioned to cw that they can do shows like that and they can actually be very like really really good they can be well done like i it it ran a little too long for me
0: yeah 10 years is
1: 10 years but i i watched the whole thing and i mean the only thing i didn't like about it i I hated lana lang i'm not a big christian fan at all (laughs) yeah i i I liked her
0: more than lois i forgot what lois's name was Uh,
1: i forgot yeah i i just not wasn't you know what's funny
0: when i first started watching that show i started i watched it from the beginning so i wanted clark to go with chloe so much oh the friend (laughs) yeah and like it never happened and i was like oh they could have just like rewritten something because what They, They she really was into him and she ends up being with jimmy I was like, oh, whatever. Like, there's certain aspects of it that I was like, once after season four hit, I was like, ah, like Lana ended up with Lex, and I was like, meh, whatever.
1: Well, that created some like tension. I
0: did that like how tough. it ended, though. I think the show fell off for like the uh, the few seasons that Lex, that Mike, what Michael Rosenbaum,
1: that was his name. Oh yeah, yeah, I, he's I, so I good as Lex. Lex.
0: Yeah, I, I was like,
1: eh, that's that's a bit. He was like, I didn't really. You don't realize how much of an integral part of that show. He was until he was not there. It's and you're funny, like, it's oh. like
0: it's like you have a show that you're developing the two villains. I mean the two the hero and the villain, you're and then you take away the main villain and I'm like, Oh, that's interesting way to go. So that's why I probably could never even crack my tent if I ever decide to change this list.
1: But um I'll
0: start well, off.
2: Yeah, I think that
1: would have been okay if he did have it in there. I think that one isn't so Wait, it's not like the okay it's not like the OC. <laughs> and then I guess one last um one last
0: guilty pleasure I'm guilty ple. no, I guess not guilty pleasure, it was a solid show. One last honorable mention for me would be um Sons of
1: Anarchy. Oh yeah, that's a solid show too. A lot of yeah, people like
0: it. I didn't I think it went on a little bit too long. And I think it was a little bit too violent for my taste. I think there's certain aspects of it that I has Kurt Sutter written all over it. Right. I love the ending of the show, how it ended, but I didn't there's certain people that died on that show that shouldn't have died, and the way certain people died on that show is a little bit too gruesome. And I understand sometimes like in order to like for your hero of the show to like fully suffer, he has to lose someone that he really loves. But on that end I the way spoiler have you seen Sons? I have seen it, yeah. Yeah, the way uh Taro died, I was like, Oh, that's terrible. She just, just, just shouldn't have. She shouldn't have died, in
1: my opinion. I that show, was, I mean, there's certain shows I think just enjoy killing people off. <laughs> I, I, I mean, not enjoy, it, but I just like imagine like like when it becomes a thing, like in like pop culture, like it's like, oh, I wonder who's gonna and how they're gonna get killed off. I feel like that was one of those shows that kind of like dabbled in that a little bit. I'm with you. And like, which and how gruesome can we make it?
0: and i know they have the benefit of being on fx but it's like come on you know not everything has to be gruesome
1: yeah i think any show that airs on like basic cable or cable like they just because they can do it they just go for it full out
0: yeah now to start to on a lighter note we can start off my number 10 with uh a little bit of cheese uh my number 10 is the fresh prince of
1: bel-air Oh, that's good. I still watch
0: that. <laughs> I still watch that as well. I mean,
1: it's it's actually recorded on my DVR. <laughs> it's in my,
0: it's, you know, it's, it, it makes my 10 for the Will Smith is at his best on the Fresh Prince. I think his comedic timing is impeccable on that show and his air his Jordan collection is on point on that show. <laughs> so seeing some of the, see me some of the shoes that he had on that show where like, I, I collect sneakers. I'm a sneaker. I, I, it puts a smile on my face to know that like, he probably still has those in his collection. And it's like, oh it's a great thing to see. Um, His his chemistry with Carlton was unbelievable. I loved it. His relationship, like how it grows through seasons with uncle Phil was so, so good. Um, Everyone knows that episode. where Will's father comes in and then, you know, he just oh, dips on him, one. and you know he dips on him at the end. But and then Will and and Uncle Phil have that moment. Oh, it was so good. Probably,
1: uh, some of Will Smith's like best acting. Examples.
0: Yeah, and he's a good he's a good actor. We don't know what happened to him,
1: but he's a good
0: actor. Um, I I would say it does fall off towards the end once they go to college. I think you know. I think by f- the last two seasons they struggle. Five and six are a bit of a struggle.
1: I think six is a struggle. I actually like five. Like, I like the whole, like, I think the stuff with him and Lisa, the girl he was supposed to marry at the end of that season, uh, is pretty solid. I think there's some funny episodes in season five. Like, I love, uh, I think it's the finale of that season where he is going to go talk to his mom about having doubts about marrying uh, Lisa. And he walks in on his mom and Lisa's dad in bed together, and he that's like pretty funny. That's funny. Typical, like uh, Will Smith, like freak out where he's like pretending to cry. He's like screaming. Like I, that's my like one of my favorite restaurants moments. I think I, but I think season six is like you can tell that like they don't care anymore, done, and like they were just doing like there was no real continuity in season six. It was just like every episode was just kind of random,
0: and they made fun of that because all of a sudden little Nicky is like.
1: Oh yeah, they aged him. Yeah, he's
0: like six years old all of a sudden. So, and then um, I did like how it ended. The whole series, like, I think it closes up well. But in terms of like the final season, it kind of falls into like where Full House fell into because the last season of Full House was just terrible.
1: I don't even remember the last season. Like that's
0: <laughs> the show ends with Michelle having
2: amnesia. Amnesia. Oh, oh yeah, I do remember horse.
0: that. So. Yeah, I guess I guess you can want to follow that onto on. I wouldn't throw that on an honorable mention, but that would be like a nice little guilty pleasure show because I, you know, we discussed I like Fuller House. So.
1: I mean, I like Fuller House. I just do not like Fuller. House.
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, my number ten is Fresh Friends. What's yours?
1: Uh, my number ten. I guess I can follow you up on the cheese. I put Boy Meets World oh, just because I grew up on it.
0: So we can to to uh, if we can continue that. That's my number nine. So we can just have a full on combo right now about that.
1: So Like, um, I, uh, I don't know. I grew up on it and, um, you know, I, you know, everyone had like, I had like my, my like Sean, like my best friend, like we kind of had that kind of relationship too. Like, it was just like everything about, uh, watching that show felt like it mirrored what I was going through as I was growing up while I was watching it. I'm with you. Like I, and why I liked it so much. Like, I, yeah, I had a Topanga, like it was cool. <laughs> it was like very relatable
0: yeah and I mean I he was in sixth grade when that show came out, and I was in when he when he first started he was in sixth grade, right right yeah, I was in fourth, so you know I didn't grow up with him, but at the same time, I saw you know his transition like to like high school and junior high, and I was like, oh, I'm about to go through that too in like two years, you know what I mean, so right. it was one of those like I kind of saw where he was coming from because I knew I was going to eventually go through it. And right. I also loved everyone on that show. There's not a character on that show I did not like. I mean, even his um his parents are a little bit meh sometimes for me. Right. But they always found a, a way to fit in. They always found a way to fit in. And Mr. Feeney is the greatest teacher in the history of television. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and it's the really first like it. show and po- I think it was probably one of the only shows that I've ever cried on the series finale. Oh really? Yeah, man. When she when he when they walk out of that classroom and he's like Mr. Feeney just goes to the desk and he's like class dismissed, I'm like, Oh, it kills me. It's like one of those like you have to end it, you really do. You couldn't just like do something else. But
1: what we- always kinda got to me and like I like I haven't rewatched the show in a while, uh i why did they make because the older brother wasn't always stupid and why did they gradually just make him dumber
0: (laughs) i never looked into that but i know there's (laughs) interviews about that because
1: i think for the
0: first two seasons or three he was like the heartthrob right that was getting all these girls and then all of a sudden eric is like the stupidest person ever They just
1: made him dumb although he he has some of the funniest (laughs) moments on the show he does it it became kind of like i it got to the point where I enjoyed watching him and his own little stories more than like some of the main stories, like, like especially the show got older.
0: oh my God, towards the end i uh, my favorite episode probably of like the last two seasons is when they look into the future and they're not friends anymore, and he's like oh, yeah. squ- when he what's his name now squirrels with squirrels with tails or something like that and, yeah, he yeah, keeps, yeah. and he keeps like eating that damn lollipop that's been around his neck for like ten years, so that's like, yeah. classic shit. I used to love that show. Yeah, so. man.
2: That's um, why
1: I like Girl Meets World and then Disney screwed it up. <laughs> well they didn't screw up the show. The show was good. They just screwed up by like not letting it just be what it went. And it goes
0: it, into our conversation from earlier. They didn't take the risk. They don't want to take the risk.
1: No, and they should have. And I wish Netflix would just grab it, because I think there's still life in that show, but Netflix probably has too much going on right now. Yeah, just a bit.
0: Well, since my number nine was Boy Meets World, what's your number nine?
1: Uh, My number nine, uh, I feel like I'm going to get shit for this, but I don't care because I love the show. I was a big fan of Revenge. Revenge? <laughs> I don't even... Okay, what the hell is Revenge? you never seen Revenge? I actually have no idea what that is. Okay, so Revenge was on ABC for four seasons. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> what the fuck?
1: I gotta, I've never heard of Revenge. It was on ABC for four seasons. It was this, uh, It was kind of inspired by The Count of Monte Cristo a little bit where uh this rich family like basically like uh uh set up this girl's dad, made him take the fall for something and like ruined his name and like she grew up believing that her dad was responsible for this like really awful thing that happened. This sounds terrible. It's, it's not terrible. And <laughs> she finds out later that after her dad gets killed in prison that her dad actually didn't do this stuff. So she goes and like implement like puts herself into this family's life because she's all grown up they don't know who she is they don't recognize her she's under a different name and she basically plots like taking down like everyone that like uh wronged her dad now this is a show <laughs> that was like this is clearly a show that was like a one season show <laughs> and they stretched it out for four years I, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad you I was educated me addicted, on that addicted to it though i, like, I I would like leave where I was gonna be, like it, they did from Wednesday nights to Sunday nights. And as you know I like I love my like Sunday fun day, but I would like leave early to go watch Revenge, like live.
0: I, I'd like to let you know <laughs> that you and Jen's mom having that in common because
1: she loves
0: <laughs> Revenge too.
1: <laughs> Revenge is it was good. And Emily Van Camp, I have like a really big crush on Emily Van Camp, so that could probably help. Uh it was good, though, and, like, yeah, and like it should have ended in style. I'll be honest, because I can be honest about shows that, like, I know should have ended, when, like, a long time before they actually ended. Season three is where it should have ended. It had a really good finale that would have been, like, a nice end to, like, everything, and then they milked it for one more season. Uh, But, I don't know, I enjoyed it, and it was, like, the very definition of, like, like I just couldn't turn it off. Like, I had to watch it live, and, like, I was, I think I was the only dude in our group that watched it, though. <laughs> the I- only <laughs> I, you must be because
0: I've never heard of that yeah, until I've right now.
1: I legit never deal. even heard of it. It was a big deal when it started. It actually like did really well. Like it was nominated for like uh, uh, well the actors were nominated for stuff. Like uh, Madeline Stowe was nominated for a Golden Globe, and like it was actually one of the highest rated shows on ABC its first season. So it it, it kind of came out before. Uh, so I'm reading. guessing
0: there was no revenge parties every week.
1: No, there were no revenge parties. No, no, no. <laughs> Unless I went to go watch it with the girls and drink wine, and that wasn't going to happen. So I, it. <laughs> so I watched it alone. I can see
0: you with a group of girls just hanging, <laughs> drinking wine. I can so I'm
1: watching revenge. <laughs> my, and it's on Netflix, so you should probably skip it. <laughs>
0: my my number eight is one of the most, uh, I guess, girly shows ever: Batman the Animated Series.
2: <laughs> oh, so girly! It's so girly. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I love Batman. I've always loved Batman, and I think that the fact that they um transitioned those films and turned it into an adult-oriented animated show instead of just being all campy and cheesy said at the said how serious they were taking the show. In fact I think it, it started airing in prime time when it first when it first started uh started back in ninety two. So because of this show is why we have Harley Quinn. So, because of the show, yeah, that's like
1: the power of like that kind of yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah,
0: the Harley Quinn aired first aired in nineteen ninety two on the show before she ever appeared in comics. She actually appeared in, uh, Bat- Batman the Animated Series turned into a comic as well, and that's where she first appeared. But before that, she her first appearance was in um Batman the Animated Series. So just for wow. that, the impact that that made and created a, I guess the female. 2017 movie like go to now for Halloween costumes. True. Like I I love Kevin Conroy. He is my in terms of Batman, he is probably near the top of my list, probably number two in terms of Batman because of how great he was. He definitely At, got the, yeah. The voice is fantastic. <laughs> and we also have uh who I did not know this until I grew older and I found out a friend of mine. Who that Skywalker is the Joker.
1: Yeah, Mark Hamill. I was wanna I was gonna ask you where you would rank his Joker because he's actually good.
0: Well, he's he's really good. see, we're ranking my Jokers. I've always been like, all right, Ledger's my number one, and Nicholson is my my number two because voice acting is rough. But you know, you still, have, you know, they had the physical aspect of it, you too as well. You know what I mean? So, but Hamill's in my top three. I Hamill's my number three without a doubt. So I never was a fan of Romero he's fine he's not he's not bad but i i always feel like the fact that he didn't shave his mustache really irks me because it shows how he really wasn't that he invested want to he wasn't committed. <laughs> so he wasn't and,
2: committed. and the fact that
0: i saw him on an episode of i love lucy or the lucy desi comedy hour like two months ago and i'm like oh shit that's the fucking joker and he still has that goddamn mustache so aside, aside from that like I think Hamill is fantastic. Plus, you get into they dive into other Batman villains you may not know of Clayface. Uh,
1: yeah, I hadn't even heard of some of them before I watched it as a kid. I mean i I didn't know about Clayface. What was the other one? Is it? Uh, man, they,
0: the first episode was with Man, man Bat. Like Bat. yeah, yeah.
1: So, like, it does a good
0: job of like letting from letting other villains shine in the Batman mythology.
1: But um, do you think that show fall off too towards the end or was it always good? I can't
0: like I haven't watched it in a long time. I mean, I always like it. I've always I have the whole series on DVD. Uh, you know, the thing that we can kind of see outside of certain shows, almost every show really does fall off. It's About 90 percent that don't really like I mean, it's about like a 10 percent ratio that don't that stay consistent from one to the end. There's always every great show has one bad season, I think.
1: You know what episode I love and I can't remember what the character's name was but they had Adam West do the voice and Academy it was series, like, right? yeah and it was uh, this like childhood like show that Bruce Wayne used to watch when he was a kid and like he idolized this like kind of like guy who played him and like the, the, Adam West played the actor who kind of like fallen off and like you know really wanted that piece of fame and so there was like this person that was like copying certain stuff from like the TV show and like uh causing all this like havoc in the city and Bruce actually thought it was the actor trying to like, you know, get some notoriety back. And that ended up not, not being the case. But it was a really it was really interesting to have Adam West be the voice of that character and like, you know, have him kind of be in like kinda of a Batman related, you know.
0: And you mentioned Adam West. They actually released last year. Uh they they aired it at Comic Con first. Uh they have a Batman sixty six animated movie that came out last year, Return of the Cape Crusader. It is hysterical. Like, it is hysterical. Like I highly recommend that. It. It's really funny. I kind of um, like
1: that Adam West and Burt Ward just embrace. The now team. they do. Now they do. No, I, mean, I, I mean, guess they, maybe they didn't back then. But he, I had mean.
0: I, have, I have met Adam West like a few years ago. He's he's interesting character. That's where I guess I I'll leave it at there.
1: Like I love that he's still relevant. Like he like he still does that. I mean he's he's the mayor on Family Guy, which is awesome. <laughs> like it's he's still hilarious.
0: That's I didn't even know he was on Family Guy. I don't watch Family Guy. So. Uh,
1: yeah, he does the voice. He's Mayor Adam West on Family Guy. That's hysterical. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, and also taking back to Mark Hamill, he also did the voice of Hobgoblin on the Spider-Man animated series too. And he's a trickster. So yeah, that guy's he's all in. over the place. Yeah, everywhere. Um, way to keep it going. Mark. I know for sure.
0: <laughs> and now we go to your number eight. What is your number eight?
1: Uh, my number eight is Thirty Rock.
0: I have to really get more into that show. I saw a few episodes. I've probably seen like
1: five episodes and
0: it's really funny.
1: It's so funny and like yeah, I just I love Tina Fey, and I love Tina Fey as a writer but I also like her as a performer too. Like she's just really good. There's certain types of humor that certain people are very good at and the kind of like self-deprecating thing that she kind of does like throughout the entire series like she just is that's what she nails and she's really good like Liz Lemon is like one of my favorite characters in general just because she's so like flawed and goofy and silly but just embraces it and um also gold even though i don't always like alec baldwin alec baldwin is just gold on 30 rock is
0: that like, was that his career resurgence again that's when he yeah he like, came he, back like that
1: was he won rock. like a ton of awards for like year after year i like you know and 30 rock won best comedy series of the Emmys like for a few times running too like it kind of sucks because it never like I, I think people appreciated it and people liked it and it ran for a while, but I don't think it got the same love on like, cause it aired on ABC or NBC when like the office was on. And I think a lot of people like the office a bit more and it kind of was always in that show's shadow a little bit, but I always thought it was better. And I just, maybe cause I love like, you know, it's talking about like behind the scenes, like on this, like, you know, late night kind of show. And like, and maybe cause it's just industry talking, that's why I like it. But, you know, I just think that, and the chemistry of the cast is great, too. Tracy Morgan, just being Tracy Morgan, is funny to me.
0: Oh, but it, I, I guess the one negative living in New York is that it turned 30 Rock into such a tourist attraction. More than it oh, was, really? more than it was imagine, before. Yeah. It's like any any little thing that's on the news becomes a tourist attraction in New York. Like, now Trump Tower is a tourist attraction, and 30 Rock was is still, like, you can't walk by the plaza without it being packed unless it's, like, 2 in the morning. And what makes it worse is that um, Thirty Rock is right next to where the Christmas tree is too during the holidays, so you can imagine the traffic around there during that time.
2: Yeah, well,
1: I mean, hopefully all that has died off, or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> wait, hopefully, what has died off? <laughs> it being like, or, wait, being a big, is it like even bigger tourist attraction now?
0: No, it's still a tourist attraction, it's still attraction. big because every, it's the show was so popular, so people right. are going to be. Oh, that's, a, that's where that show was, and the fact yeah. that. And so he- another
1: show too that always was kind of like like the ratings were like that's when I started paying attention to ratings a lot because the ratings weren't like great so like every year I would have to wait like are they going to renew it are they going to renew it and it would like get the last minute like renewal like you know it never, it never got one of like the early ones that like a lot of shows get like so you can like read the sigh of relief
0: that's how I feel about you the know, Goldbergs people. now every year I feel like I'm yeah. having an osha with the
1: Goldbergs I think Goldbergs okay. they're doing pretty well <laughs> It's actually, like, doing, like, I remember when the Goldbergs started, and I've actually never really watched it, but I remember um, it premiered the same uh, year as, like, another show called Trophy Wife, and a lot of people thought Trophy Wife should have moved to Wednesday. It's because they thought it would have been, like, it would have worked out better, and they ended up canceling Trophy Wife, but they stuck with the Goldbergs, even though the ratings were similar and they weren't great, and, you know, it's good that they did, because the ratings went up, and people love it. You get to be happy.
0: Yeah. That 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 um because it's my number seven, it didn't make uh Goldberg's didn't make my list because it's not done, and I don't like putting shows in that aren't done. on Top ten favorite TV shows of all time, except my number seven, and it probably might go up more once the show concludes. And my number seven is Game of Thrones, which why don't you share I'm... to everybody how many episodes of Game of Thrones you've seen?
1: Well, I uh, well I've seen. <laughs> three very important ones because they just happen to be on while my friends are watching it i have never consistently watched game of thrones no i can even I, though I, have hbo go and hbo now and i could probably stream it and watch it as I, we speak i personally That's think how game, much, how much you want. I,
0: I personally think game of thrones is the best show on television right now from its writing, from its performances, from its um production design, everything on that show is top notch to me. It's it's a show that has had an emotion, has taken me on an emotional roller coaster through six seasons and I can't wait. There's thirteen episodes left. So I can only imagine where they're gonna go. Or actually I can't because this show always thinks it makes you think it's going in one direction and it just switches it up on you. And that's what makes it work so well. Um, The only thing I can say, and from the episodes you've seen, is don't get attached to anyone on this show.
1: Yeah, I I do know that about the show. I do know that uh, people get killed off all willy-nilly on Game of Thrones. I mean, (laughs) the first season you have a certain there's a few main
0: characters on the show and that's when i knew this show was not fucking playing around so the first season you have this like a few main characters and one of the main characters that you think is going to be like oh this guy this guy this girl is the focal point of this show and they get killed off like boom and i'm like oh oh so this show is not about these people so just from that i knew that it was going to be something different and it's morphed into like this like phenomenon because i think game of thrones on outside of like you know the walking dead but we're talking great shows here not trash shows like the walking dead (laughs) um that i don't think game of i don't think anything touches game of thrones in terms of like social media love that that show gets Uh,
1: i do know whenever that show airs uh Facebook is like a war zone. Like if people can't watch it live, they're like, if you post any spoilers, I'm defriending you. <laughs> I legit
0: <laughs> because of game of Thrones, whenever the show is on, I make sure that for work, I get myself tired by like nine 30. I get off social media by nine o'clock and then I don't touch anything until I wake up like around six 30 for work. I watch the show and then I get to work just to, because I don't need spoilers. I, I, we discussed spoilers <laughs> last week i can't stand them like the That's worst fun. one is um one of the c season five or s- season four or five was spoiled the finale because someone posted on instagram a image of the final shot of the of the of the episode
1: and pissed everyone <laughs> oh dude i was fucking infuriated i was like are you, you No, know, s- what i never had to worry about that during my four seasons of watching revenge so maybe you should watch it like that <laughs> yeah i should but it's funny because i <laughs> i have to post on facebook like guys don't spoil revenge tonight
0: <laughs> i kind of i'm very happy that i mean i guess in a way better call saw is getting still getting good ratings but i i'm the only one on my feed that loves it so i never have to worry about spoilers every week i can just you know go about my merry way and just watch it And then moving on to your number seven. What's your number seven?
1: Well, my number seven is a show that's still on and I guess it has no signs of Oh no. uh, No showing no signs of going off the air. But since it had like a lot of really, really, really great top notch seasons, I'm going to put the Simpsons at number
0: seven. Oh. Okay, I thought you were going to. I honestly thought you were going to say supernatural, and then I would have just like. Oh, oh no!
1: <laughs> oh, you know what's funny is that I never got into supernatural, and like I feel like I should because like a lot of people I that knows the kind of shows I watch like thought I'd be into it, and I've tried. I I don't know,
0: dude. You won't live long enough because that show will probably be going on when you're like ninety five years old.
1: Well, I mean, it seems to be the same for the Simpsons. I guess. <laughs> uh, but no, like the golden age of the Simpsons, was... It kind of, like, depends on what fan you ask. I think, like, for me, it's, like, season three through, like, maybe 13, where, like, they were just, like, every episode was just funny. Like, and I can, like, I actually still, like, DVR, because they aired on FXX, like, almost every day. And uh, the early, like, Golden Age Simpsons episodes are still hilarious. And kind of, you know, like, with, if there was no Simpsons, you know, there would be no South Park, there would be no Family Guy. You wouldn't have Bob's burgers, I don't think like any of those shows like they like all owe a huge debt to the
0: Simpsons. Well, I had no disagreement there. I stopped watching The Simpsons probably by I think probably by the time I started college. I just like I just fell off. I mean, but from the first eleven years, twelve years that I watched it, I was like, Okay, this is this is great. So Yeah, solid. And then like
1: I loved when like I think it was I think around season three when like uh Bart stopped being like kind of the main focus and they really transitioned over to Homer being more the focus and then they just gradually made him a lot dumber and then him being dumber was just really funny. <laughs> uh, and like, yeah, there's some like there's some great TV. Like I just, there's so many episodes of The Simpsons that I, like me and my friends like still reference. And that's kind of makes me sad now, even though I, I watch it still it's not it's not nearly as funny as it used to be. Like it's a show that probably should be over, but the simpsons so you know never will it never will i guess but you know when i realized that the show was like less popular was when people would stop bringing it up in conversations and then like it kind of transitioned to like people only talking about south park and then all people only talking about family guy and then like then like no one talks about the simpsons anymore like at all
0: i think because everyone nowadays has this short-term memory right and they're you know they're prisoners of the moment so they just want to like they forget to give credit where credit is due
1: Exactly. And, then, and I don't uh, think some of those shows like, I mean, South Park's been on a while, but like, you know, I would say like shows like, I actually I won't put South Park in this category. I'll put Family Guy in this category where Family Guy got less funny sooner than The Simpsons did in, that's at this point in like their run. Like, you know, it's clear that like like, like there can be really funny episodes of Family Guy that I love and then there's certain episodes that I just stare at and like disbelief 'cause there's because I didn't laugh once. So, I mean... Like even a really poor, I think even a really like not great episode of Simpsons lately is like a lot funnier than a lot of the, like sitcoms on TV right now.
0: That shows the uh, the effect and the lasting power that it's had with their right. writers. I mean, and we it's funny we're talking about all these TV shows with what's eminent. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, just mo- figure it out. I, I know, right? <laughs> well, moving on, we're gonna now my list gets to. It's going to vary between genres for sure. My number 6 is a show that I just started watching this year, well late last year, and I've grown to love it so much that it falls into my number 6 and that's The Twilight Zone. So The Twilight Zone is an education to an educational journey for anyone that watches. Are you a fan? Have you watched The Twilight Zone or I
1: have uh the Twilight Zone marathon was it was in New Year's Day that they usually do it? like that's like a annual thing for me I'm, but that's the only time i watch it um i only i only watch it like and on it, that day <laughs>
0: and it's funny because i fell into the trap of thinking this was just a horror show you know like the, oh yeah yeah but and, it's so much like, more it teaches you every episode teaches you a lesson and it's it's the genius piece he was so ahead of his time and i'm glad that he was ahead of his time because a show like this might be Overstuffed with, with like nonsense now if, if it was created today.
1: No, I agree. I definitely I mean, agree. Yeah, I mean
0: there's there's only
1: you Well, know. they actually tried to do it again. Um they Forrest Whitaker hosted uh, Twilight Zone. Uh it was on UPN, it didn't last long. Did they? I didn't even know that. That's funny. Yeah, uh, it did not last long. because uh, it just wasn't I mean, it was very, very inferior to the original show not
0: not surprising and i mean we got a a ride at disney world from it and you guys just lost that ride too
1: yep not cool like it's like the only good thing at uh because i don't like i don't like disneyland (laughs) i'm gonna put that out there right now i'm not a fan of going to that music park but it was the only cool thing there like one of the only cool things there other than space mountain
0: which is like did they reduce space mountain (laughs) into like a star wars space mountain or something
1: like that they did yeah that's cute and they got rid of cap Neo. I mean, like, <laughs> there are a lot of things I did like about Disneyland, and they just, like, stripped You're ma- away, like, my, the only things I did like. And, like, nah, I don't want to go. You're making
0: me feel bad about going next year to Disneyland.
1: I mean, you know, like, people, I I mean, grown-ups, I have grown-ass friends that, like, go there like if they're 12.
0: Oh, no, I mean, I do that when I go to Disney World. <laughs> <love so> it. <laughs> Disney World is my escape, so definitely, I, I feel, you,
1: feel them on that.
0: But moving on to num- your number six, what do you got for number six?
1: Uh, my number six. Um, I actually put uh, Nip Tuck. Um, <laughs> I love Nip Tuck.
0: I love Nip Tuck too, man. I loved it until like I didn't love it anymore, which is like I know, I know,
1: it, I know. It's another one that fell off, but like when, when it was good, it was really oh, good. Yeah, totally <laughs> with you. Like it
0: was I think, really
2: good.
0: I think once she like um once this guy's wife started hooking up with like Tyrion Lannister, I was like. Yeah, I was and, like, uh, oh, yeah, like, I, what are we doing? Is that like that was Murphy's first show, right?
1: Uh, well, second big one. He did a show called Popular on the WB that was on for two seasons. Oh, and okay. Then he did, it. yeah. Uh, but it was his first big show, and yeah, it, was, um, it was good when it first started. I was like, cool. like, and it's like probably like if like we ever did like top ten like cliffhangers, like the season finale. I think it was season two with the Carver. Yeah that's probably one of my favorite cliffhangers ever. And then I realized while I'm watching season three, even though I like season three, you can tell that they were just like, Oh, we don't really know how to really like top that or like make this reveal, like be as good as the buildup was. But I mean, I, but I was still like into it. I mean, like I think once they left, I forgot what season they left. uh, Where they? Where they're they're at Miami and they went to Los Angeles. Yeah. I
0: think that Uh, was towards, I think it
1: wasn't at four. I think so. I think that's when, like, the quality of the show kind of started to take a hit. But but still, interesting characters, like, really like, like these are, like, deeply flawed, messed up people, but they were so interesting to watch, though. Yeah, I'm with you. And then this guy did I this. mean, I, I think that is what like, that was a combination of really good writing when the writing was great, and then, like, the actors just like, killing those roles. Like, they, you could tell, like, like they, I don't know if, like, they weren't, like, written for them, but, like, it felt like they were written for them. Like, everyone, like, fit. The role then, they play, perfectly. and then he
0: went off and made uh, the stepfather.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We're doing one. <laughs> <laughs> my, my number. Well, I mean, <laughs> they haven't had much luck. Don't tell Have, me you like you, that movie. No, no, I didn't. But like, it sucks. Like, they haven't had much like movie luck. Like, I mean, one of the them other, was Doctor I, Doom. The other guy was in Fantastic Four. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, not yeah, but, the was really. That to
2: <laughs> no, that's
1: true. I think like most, I went up to her she was she was golden I don't know I I don't really know much about her talent but like she was I liked watching her That's funny. <laughs> well,
0: moving on to number 5, my number 5 is um my college show. The show that th- took me through all my years of college, is The Office. I yeah. love everything about The Office. Even when Michael Scott left, I thought The Office was still great. There's it's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen from michael scott wearing a woman's suit which is still one of the funniest moments on that show to the dundies to the the fire alarm episode where dwight shuts everything down and then stanley has a heart attack all the way to like season one i don't it's like season one is so lost with gems um there's an episode in season one where uh michael's playing the warehouse in a basketball game i don't know if you remember that I do remember, and then he tells Stanley, calls Stanley the secret weapon. Yep, and like just Steve Carroll's delivery on everything there, and then when he finally sees Stanley's play basketball, he's like, "Oh my god, that's actually a funny story." Because I had uh, when I first met Lewis, he uh, I was he was my uh, I was a counselor at Rutgers, and he was my one of my my students, and I was uh, coaching I was coaching a basketball team. And I picked Lewis because he made one shot, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, this kid must be good." Then Lewis picked up a basketball and actually played a game, and You're like, uh. and about that. Wow, so bad. and for me, I guess that's why that that episode always holds for me because it reminds me of the stupidity I've I've done in my life, um, and I don't know everything about that show, is, though. And I love the way it ended. I love that they addressed that it was a show like it was like them recording their daily lives for like the past nice, like uh, 9 so years. I
2: thought that was an interesting way
1: to do it too. So, that's was, what How's it I never watched the I've like never original
0: seen, I've never seen the original one. I know that my, uh, a buddy of mine, the one that put me onto it, his name uh Sergio, I talked about him last week. He seen both and he said the first one is just as funny, but he prefers the American one cuz he prefers Steve Carell as Michael Scott. So, Yep, The Office is my number five. Where are we going in your top five? And I still haven't heard Bates Motel, so I'm, I'm oh, getting a little you worried. Uh,
1: you haven't heard it yet. C uh, man. All right. So <laughs> oh, number <no. laughs> five. Number five. I'm going to put I'm putting Angel at number five. Oh, no, you did not just put Angel at number five. I, I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I would be I would be. I'm <laughs> not put in top five. But funniest, as you know, I love the
0: funniest thing about that. Before you start, is that you set me up for it. You're like, you know, man. <laughs> I, you- I knew you were going to say something. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: What what's up, Angel you're it, Number Five? It, it's a, it's a great show in its own right. Spun off from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, took a character that I really didn't think could uh, hold his own show because I, you know, it wasn't until like season two, like late season two, that David Boreanaz actually showed that he could, you know. Uh, well, he like like acts, I guess, like down in, like because the season two is when they made him uh he loses his soul and he turns evil. So they, like he actually had some kind of like dimensions to his character, and I was like, all right, I guess like maybe he could carry his own show. And like he, he they actually did it pretty well. It's a little darker than Buffy was. Um, I think that was like the one advantage that it had it, it had over Buffy is that Buffy had moments of being dark, but then it also had to kind of be light and funny and all that too. Where Angel was mostly serious with the exception of because they actually take Chris Carpenter's character Cordelia and she's on Angel so she gets to be a bit of the comic relief but even her character has to grow and mature during the course of that show um, it just kind of tackled different more adult themes than Buffy could tackle that's what I was like-
0: going to ask because I didn't see I, have, I can honestly say I've never seen one episode or clip of Angel um, is it more of like a crime drama type it's more thing. of a
1: crime drama there it, like it's like as close to a procedural show as i like, think joss whedon will ever do but it also had like th- there were also arcs like similar to the, like that buffy had but um it but they play out in a bit of a more realistic way
2: do you Not... um
1: do you think it comes
0: close to anything buffy ever did or is it you know
1: are there or, so are there like episodes of Angel that I would say are just as great as Buffy, like some of Buffy's greatest episodes? Yeah,
0: like would you can you create a top ten Angel episodes the way you did Buffy?
1: Um, it I could, but it would I would have to like because I haven't um it's been like a couple of years since I watched the whole show, uh, but there are some really solid episodes of Angel that I do think that stand up with some of Buffy's greatest episodes. Interesting. Um, I did not th- th- Also, another show that kind of fell off towards the end. And it sucks too, because the w b didn't like really tell them if they were gonna renew it after season five. They kind of kept them on the fence, so the season series finale is a big, big, big fucking cliffhanger, and that kind of sucks oh so it doesn't it
0: doesn't have a series finale
1: It doesn't have like a solid like you can look at that series finale and like say like, all right, this is an ending of of sorts, but you can tell that it wasn't necessarily written that way like it was kinda like they could have done more um and that was just kind of like where the wb was at that time i think they were just ready to they were already like had sh- uh you know they shipped buffy off to UPN like two seasons before that i think they were just kind of done with uh that universe and wanted to do other stuff
0: all right
1: um well, which is unfortunate
0: well that was i'm i'm surprised Angel. i'm not surprised that another show has not been named yet because i kind of know where you're going with that but <laughs> i yeah. um I'm surprised that it's not your that Angel made the list, but yeah, you you explained it perfectly. Maybe I will I will get, catch an episode on Netflix if it's ever on, or I can watch it, the six a.m. TNT reruns. Oh yeah, they do reruns. <laughs> I forgot. Um,
1: I, I own the DVDs. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: moving on to number four, my number four is Entourage. That's on my list. Yes, my number four is Entourage. It is. The, it is what Ballers tries to be, but doesn't do it as well, in my opinion. I think Ballers wants to be the next Entourage in terms of like the ultimate guy show, and I think
1: it really wants to real bad. It's, it's and, trying. Like, really it's hard. like it really
0: wants to find an Ari, and it, like it really wants to find like this like these characters we can love. And like I don't mind Ballers. I actually thought it was fine, but it it shouldn't try to create the magic that Entourage had. And Entourage works for me so much because it's a show that despite the fact that Vinny Chase is your main and I guess character on a show, I give two shits about Vinny Chase. Oh, I think he's the least interesting at all. He is boring. <laughs> he is a whiny little bitch. And I don't know if Adrian Adrian wanted to uh you know, create that character into what he did, but everyone else around him make that show. His his brother is like, one of the funniest characters I've ever seen. Yeah, no, hands down. I mean, he's, Ari, Ari's my favorite on that show. There's so many great moments with him. My favorite episode of Entourage is the one that, right after he gets, uh, right after, I think it's after the Mandy Moore stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, or, or it's either season three or season two, that he, um, that they go to Vegas for one night. Right. And then, uh, he runs in that he runs into Seth, uh, Seth it was Seth Green. Yes. Yes. So they run into him and then they have this whole thing. That it's so good. I thought it was. And then, um, that's when, um, Ari mistakenly, uh, gets, uh, drama U2 tickets and he wanted for a certain date and he got on the wrong date. It was, I, I always loved it. I didn't like how the series ended. I actually really did like the movie. Because it was like three episodes of Entourage put into an yeah, hour. Yeah, I like the movie
1: too, but it was clearly just made for fans. I knew people that like did not that didn't watch the show and saw that movie and were like did not like it. Yeah, at all, I but... can
0: I can totally agree with them. Like, and I totally understand with them that if you didn't watch the show, you'd hate the movie. And I actually love how the movie ends with that whole little Johnny drama thing. Right, right, right. Because it was like it's like so perfect for that for the, everything to come. Circle with him winning a fucking Golden
1: Globe. I uh, I, my girlfriend's call Entourage the male Sex in the City. The male Sex in the City. That's a good. The one. male, the male. They they think it's like they were like, yeah, it's like a guy version of that show. I was yeah, like, that's actually a good. That's a very that's good so, comparison. I guess that's fairly accurate.
0: But moving on to num- your number four, I'm gonna. Can I try to guess?
2: Uh, yeah, what do you want Because I already to know,
0: I already know what your number one is, and i we yeah, going? yeah. So uh, is yeah, that's, your, fairly, that's pretty obvious? Is your number four Bates Motel?
1: Yeah, number four is Bates Motel. <laughs> oh my
2: god. <laughs> uh, what, what, what,
0: what, what? No, no, I can't say anything. I have, I've, you know, like I haven't seen enough to to like argue or debate with you on this one. Like you, you said it before. Like the reasons you love the show so much. So there's no, uh, you know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get on you or anything like that. It's, you know, people love the show. I know a lot of people that love the show. I have my reasons for, you know, not getting more involved after season one. I didn't think season one was strong. But you've made it perfectly clear that two and five is very strong, so it's something I have to look more into now Yo, that the whole series shows, is over. Some
1: shows need time to grow. You know? And like I think that uh you know, like, I think, like, a lot of great shows, like, like I don't think, like, like if I'm just going to use Buffy as an example. Like, the first season of Buffy, I don't think, indicates how great that show will become. Like, it's not, like, the best that it had to offer. I think certain shows take time to grow, and I think Bates Motel, even though I think I I like the first season more than you did, obviously, but, like, I think that, like, um, once it kind of got really into, like, the psychology of, like, all the characters, like, Norman, Norma, even Dylan, like, they like, like Like, I know a lot of people that were thrown off, like, why does he have a brother? Like, why do they add this and that? But, like, those different dynamics made all those characters more interesting as the show progressed and as it kind of began to kind of connect closely to what most people know about it, which is all the stuff from Psycho. Yeah. Uh, So, like, there's a lot of interesting, like I said earlier, like, you know, there's everyone on that show. And I guess, like, I made that same comparison with Nip tuck is that everyone is just so complicated and like you can't really like put your finger on like what makes them totally bad or what makes them totally good like these are just really just kind of wound characters that you can feel sorry for even though you know they're doing like rotten things especially him but you feel bad for him because you know he's just really a victim of circumstance like you know the love that his mom has for him which in her eyes probably you know, she was protecting him and, like, you know, thought she was nurturing him, but really was just a very unhealthy kind of love. But you don't, you'll kind of, you don't get that impression that it's a bad thing for her either. Like, you think, you get that she's doing it because she thinks that's what she needs to do. Yeah. And because she didn't really do that with Dylan. That's why that character's interesting, too, because he's pretty much the exact opposite of Norman. He's put together, you know, he has his own issues, too, but like, he can handle himself in a he social He wasn't cradled. He wasn't yeah he wasn't yeah. cradled and like you know and that and the interesting thing too is that her relationship with dylan is just as complicated as her relationship with norman just in a different way
0: yeah it seems from the first season that i saw she doesn't like him very much it
1: seems he does and but then there's reasons why like it, it has nothing to do with him okay you know there's the reason why that she kind of has this resentment towards him and it, the, the interesting thing too is like watching them kind of connect eventually they do connect and then you know the thing that kind of pulls them apart a little bit is we really need to talk about norman like we need to address that there's something wrong with him and then you know she fully is aware that something is wrong with him but she doesn't want to admit it to herself like she thinks that she can fix it herself like she's fixed everything else okay it's like um so it's just like other than being just like a horror tv show it was just a really Compelling drama, just about like a character drama. Like they were just really interesting people to watch develop. And you know, it's kind of cool when you have the Psycho connection too, because you kind of can watch the movie and be like, okay, like if they were to make, if if Hitchcock was to make a prequel to Psycho, and like how would he explain like some of these things going on? It's like an interesting take on that, I think. Okay. Well, I mean,
0: you've convinced me more than trailers ever did. So. Oh, they have some good trailers, man. <laughs> <laughs> um now i originally had a top three and i've been sitting here looking at my list for like the last few minutes we've been talking about this and i think in retrospect i think that i have to make a few changes right now so <laughs> my new yes. num- my scribbles, my, scribbles my, top, <laughs> my top three remains the same in terms of the shows but the order that i put them in have, has changed so my number three is breaking bad and <laughs> breaking bad to me is one of the best for in shows of all time. Uh, the, the, to me, it's the greatest transformation from good guy to bad guy. You watch breaking bad and you start in episode one when you see Walter white as this school teacher that just finds out he has cancer and you see what he eventually becomes by season three and four, especially season four and you you have no choice but to credit not only Vince Gilligan but <clears throat> um Brian Cranston because I've never seen a transition and a transformation like that it is unbelievable it's so well written everything on that show means something so there's there's certain things in season 2 even season 1 that ultimately plays and pay, plays a factor in the series finale of the show and to me, it's my favorite series finale I've ever seen. It is... uh, It ties everything up perfectly, and then by the end of the show, you're like, this... Everything fits so neatly. Not even too neatly. I don't want to get into spoiler territory because you have not seen Breaking Bad either.
1: I've never seen one. This is why I'm being very quiet. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to
0: say anything that will spoil anything for you. So, just a great Great show! Everything written so well, and you fall for these characters. I mean, not just Walter White. There's so many characters you can you can love and hate on that show, and it also provides probably one of the greatest uh, episodes of all time in season five. I'll call Ozimandias or ozymandias one of the two. And yeah, get yourself to Netflix and watch Breaking Bad.
1: Is it like a really easy show to like? Yeah, it's only sixty episodes.
0: Oh, yeah, it's like six sixty or sixty two, something like that. Not more than
1: any, anything more than that.
0: All right, what's your number three?
1: All right, my number three is Entourage. I told you it was on the list already. But, okay, um, so same reasons we stopped uh, the You know what, Base Hotel was almost number three, and I think if I was to go back and watch all the Base Hotel like before I did the list, I probably would put it in number three. But Entourage is there for now. Uh, pretty much echoing all the things that you said, but also being in LA, um it watching that show becomes even more entertaining because it's you are so very familiar with like not just everywhere they are everything they're talking about like it's just you know it's hard not to grow up in that environment and not totally get everything that that show is talking about yeah. um like you said uh i think everyone else is better than the main character which is kind of weird cuz like you should be able to really identify with the main character maybe really like him and like enjoy whatever journey he's going on but i could care less about Vinny Chase yeah. as well <laughs> by seasons
0: i i started disliking him season 2 with his whole issues with Mandy Moore yeah yeah that's when and i was, was like yo this mind. kid yeah he, like get over it she's gonna marry someone else like you're you need to deal with it
1: yeah but you know with everyone else you know from Kevin Dillon you know Jeremy Piven i'll even give uh uh Jerry Ferrara like some turtle love too like they all like kind of like uh, hold their own like as really strong supporting characters that actually kind of overtake the main character yeah and, absolutely you know and usually on a show like that I would be like oh well, I shouldn't care about like those guys more than I care about the main dude but I give that one the exception because you know if, if they're going to overshadow him then they need to be really great and they need to be really funny and they all are you know what's really?
0: funny Uh, who doesn't get love
1: Lloyd Lloyd gets Lloyd is hysterical not much love at all. <laughs> yeah. But, but,
0: I, but I definitely see where you're coming from with that one. So my number two was my number one until probably like an hour ago. But I, I the reason I changed my mind is because there's certain shows that you can watch on a daily basis and still enjoy it. And there's another show that, you know, it's great for what it is. And I think it's to me, this is a list of our top ten favorite shows but I do feel my number two might be the greatest show ever made. And that's the Sopranos. So the Sopranos oh. is the Sopranos is my number two. Um, kind of goes with the Godfather theme of my top 10 favorite films of all time. But, um, yeah, man, the, the, I'm kind of ghost. I'll start off with what kind of like, what you were saying about entourage, the Jersey feel like this, this show was filmed in my backyard. Like I, No, almost every spot that they go to on that show, I know I've been there. You know, it's 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 written so well. Every character is written well. Um, you see Tony Soprano as this like, you're supposed to root against him, but you don't. It's impossible for me to root against Tony Soprano when I watch that show. Um, from Tony to Sil to to Junior to Christopher, everyone. The only character I can say I never liked on that show was AJ. I don't have you seen the sopranos too, or is that another one? On I right?
1: have uh, no, no, we uh, we are uh, <laughs> I, don't know you if I should do not know if I should do it now or if I should do it like after you, but that was also my number two. Oh, okay, so it is your the sopranos. So I, so like, I cool. yeah, yeah, so I feel like I feel the same way. Um, also, too, I think that was the first uh show that I can remember like paying attention to on cable, like I, that was like the same, I like same my here. introduction to like yeah, cable TV and like what you could do on cable TV uh and also too like you're talking about uh tony soprano how you were like you know you 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 should root against him sometimes but then you find yourself not really but that's just like another example of like these really like rich flawed interesting complicated and characters. you know
0: and this is this step def- this is a question that when i was in um when i was in college obviously the show was still going on and i used to like i used to feel like when i watched that show and i see tony get with like these beautiful women like nothing, and James Gandolfini's not the most attractive guy in the world. But when you watch the Sopranos and you see him as Tony Soprano, you buy it. You're like, yeah, of course he can get these girls. Why wouldn't not. he get these women? And They're then I, I, and then when <laughs> in school and like just hanging out with friends or whatever, I would ask some you know girlfriends that are around the table, and I was like, like, would you hook up with Tony Soprano? Like, as Tony Soprano, like his like the demeanor he provides everything like and they're like yeah of course like there's just something about him as tony like as tony soprano that like i would totally hook up with
1: i think they call it swag
0: <laughs> that's like the ultimate swag i think man
1: now did you like how it ended
0: oh uh, yeah i actually did it took me know, like you know, it took me, people that it, it, took uh, me like, it took me like it took me like 3 years to like it but i <laughs> i of course it's not like the best series finale because I don't like shows that leave too much room for interpretation, and this one left the ultimate room for interpretation right. um but I see what he was saying in terms of like Chase was like he wanted he brought us into that world, and now he's shutting us out of his world, so why not take us out of his world in an instant? You know, I don't go along yeah, the I lines mean- with the whole like oh, he killed, he got killed because you know, he's always paranoid. So we saw those last few seconds with his eyes of being paranoid that he always has to look out for himself. So I think that he just, you know, David Chase said, we're done. You have, you had six years of him. Now I'm going to, at the snap of my fingers, you're done. So that's what, that's what I feel, you know, I interpret it. Of course, there's a million interpretations of it. So that's why, you know,
1: and as far as series finales goes for like, I mean, I think it handled it, it. was done as well as it could have been done, and at least it didn't completely ruin. It didn't. And you know hard. what? I think you have that ending that people always talk about. But the episode as a whole was solid.
0: They yeah. They tied everything up that needed to be tied up. So like, there,
1: there are some finales that like are so bad that they can't even make my top ten show list because it ruined the whole show. Dexter, like Dexter, like I think if Dexter would have had a solid. It finale. would have been I, in that ten.
0: I, Absolutely, I, okay. would have been in my ten.
1: Because so. I like, I like the early seasons of Dexter are just great, great, great television. And then I just remember watching that series finale. and being like, what is this, <laughs> what happened?
0: And then rounding our top ten, I think I know what your your top ten. Do you have any idea where I'm going with this? Uh,
1: I I don't know where yours is actually. I know what yours is. So how about you oh, do uh, yours yeah. first?
0: It's you. We already um, know what yours
1: is. It's obviously Thirteen Reasons Why. Guys. Thirteen Reasons Why is your number one, <laughs> no, absolutely. number one. Thank you, Selena Gomez. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no. So, no, so no. tell us how much I, you love Buffy. It's obviously Buffy the Vampire <laughs> <right. laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I wrote. I wrote a whole, basically took over our whole website writing. You, you ran it, Buffy and, Week, man. Full on Buffy Week, but you know what? I'm happy that I'm not alone in this because. It's not just me. I mean, no, like, of like course not. Big, no, no, no. Absolutely not. It <laughs> has a huge fan base around the world and also like major like critics love it too. Like considered one of the best T V shows ever made. And like to come from like a not so great movie and to have people come up to you like, Alright, well, we want to develop this as a TV show. Do you think you can? And him being like, Okay, I can kinda of do what I wanted to do. Because like he really didn't get to do what he wanted with the movie. Like he wrote it and then Another guy directed it and was like, okay, well, this is what I think it should be, and basically, like, took the idea and ran with it, and it wasn't what Joss Whedon wanted to do. And, you know, he was able to kind of, like, the main thing that he wanted to do was, like, take the pretty, like, blonde girl who normally gets killed in those kind of situations. And she turns into
0: a badass, yeah.
1: Yeah, and make her strong and make her, like, you know, like, not just make her, like, you know, pretty and, like, stupid. Like, make, make her intelligent. But then also kind of, like, you know, even though this concept isn't, like, groundbreaking or anything, but the whole, like, concept of, like, when the show started, like, in the high school years was, like, basically taking, like, the literal thing of, like, high school is hell and then putting the high school right above the hell mouth. And, like, that's why all this bad stuff is happening to them. But, like, taking these kind of real-world situations that you go through when you grow up and just using vampires and demons and monsters as, you know, the metaphors that they're kind of Setting up for those kind of issues,
0: I actually just saw that movie in October the movie because I've seen the, the sh- i saw of- I've seen the show we've discussed the show before
1: um right uh, that movie's terrible it's pretty bad it's abysmal i, I and it sucks because Christy Swanson like you know because she's a total has been now and like she'll do interviews and they'll so talk we, about so we met <laughs>
0: Christy Swanson
1: oh how was that she's not
0: very nice
1: uh. You know what? In the interview, she comes off kind of bitchy, and like she kind of dissed the show. And she's like, "Oh God, we have to talk about what came before." And I was like, "Well, thinking myself, what came before it was pretty bad." Yeah, like, she, <laughs> and, like they took they took that idea and made it better. She came off extremely pretentious, and
0: during her Q and A after, like this was like a few hours after we had met her,
1: like they were asking
0: her questions, and every answer was, I don't know, I don't remember, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like you made one movie. You should remember at least something because everything else you've done is trash. Yeah, you had one job. So, <laughs> talk about this one thing you right? did. Right? So, I mean, I'm glad that the show came off because it brought. I saw that first before I saw the movie and I was able to appreciate something good when it comes to like the actual Buffy character. So, I'm with you yeah.
1: on that. Yeah, and I'm glad that he kind of like, you know, he, he understood that there was humor in the movie and like he knew how to make because that humor was something that he was trying to create he was able to kind of use that a lot better on the show like integrating it with the drama so like you know even though like there are some really really funny episodes you know there has to be you have to like kind of have you have to raise the stakes a little bit for the characters and like that's where a lot of the drama comes from and that's from like you know that's from killing certain people off and that's from like you know making the main love interest suddenly evil so she has to find like she has to fight him now like there's a lot of stuff that they do as they grow up too like you kind of like grow up with them in a sense like it starts in high school and then by the time it ends like she's a woman and they're all like kind of in their own different spots by the time the show ends yeah but they just kind of still take these adult situations like in high school it was high school stuff and as they grew older it was like you know we have to deal with like all right i'm you know someone like Xander having to marry Anya and then he becomes like unsure of that, and he becomes so unsure that you know like all these like demons attack their wedding like it it it, it sounds silly on paper, but it makes sense within the world of the show, yeah absolutely
0: I mean, I still have to finish it
1: we've discussed this before
0: so and it's not on Netflix anymore, so
1: I know like I they took it off like right after the 20th anniversary thanks
0: too. to you i started rewatching it and then when i started re-watching it it got taken off and i'm like that's fantastic
1: you're like thanks well mm, i thanks. mean it doesn't hurt me too much because i of course I of course home. you do you probably having my
0: vhs <laughs> dvd and all that uh, I Laser to, Disc. Oh,
1: oh i got rid of my vhs i used to record it live though when it aired on my vh on my vcr and i used to like pause the commercials so there would be no commercials on it that's funny no, i'm with
0: you i used to that's how i used to record too <laughs>
1: But then the DVDs came out, and I was like, i oh, don't need VHS." Now I wish I would have kept them, but I was but, younger than that, didn't understand that. And they
0: then, probably- rounding up my top ten is—you um, really have no idea, do you? No, I don't. That's good. Like the—the the suspense is real. So, my top, my number one, my top favorite show of all time is probably the greatest comedy of comedy of all time. And it's I Love Lucy. Oh, wait, oh I guess I
1: could. I
0: didn't, if I thought harder enough, I probably could have. Man, like probably before. Man, like that—that that woman is not just a genius, man. That woman is like a goddess to comedy and television. Like she, what she did for seven years, oh, almost ten years with the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour, is something things you can't touch. Like she. Her physical comedy, her timing, everything that she did on that show was phenomenal. And it's one of those things that, like, you'd think that the chemistry between her and her husband at the time, you know, a guy that barely could speak, you know, proper English. Right. Halter the show. But nah, they made fun of it. They brought it to light. Almost every episode, she would make fun of his accent. And it's, like, one of those, like, damn, like, she can, she's. She broke the she broke the fourth wall, and she's like, yo, this guy can't speak English. We're going to make fun of it.
1: You can kind of see, like, any of their domestic issues being played out on screen. Kind of. And, I mean, the whole, um, I don't know if,
0: I'm sure you knew this. Like, in season two, she was pregnant throughout the show. Right. And they brought that into a storyline on the show. And it's the highest, I think the highest rated television show of all time.
1: It's probably one of the first. Was it probably one of the first
0: to do that? It's yeah. I mean, there was. I think it was. It was the first show to do that. I don't think at that time they would address something like that. Yeah, they wouldn't address like yeah. They just you know people
1: just had kids and no one knew how. And (laughs) they weren't
0: they weren't allowed to say pregnant either. Right. So if you see that episode where she tells Ricky, she always says, "I'm going to have a baby." She doesn't say, "I'm pregnant." Throughout the I whole time it. that she's pregnant, she says. Even the episode said it Lucy, Lucy the episode's called Lucy uh Lucy is Anciance. Does not even say Lucy is pregnant?
1: <laughs> just go out of their way not. <laughs> so there's also like
0: the chemistry between them and the merchants with Bill Frawley and Vivian Vance is just phenomenal. Like they those 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 four you never think should be friends in real life because of the age difference. But those that's family right there. Right. And then also we have our um, classic moments. But, like, it's, to me, like, those classic moments that you see on TV, like, with the whole uh, her in the Chocolate Factory, her in the Great Vineyard, her with the Vita Vita Benjamin commercial. Yeah, that's classics. But, like, it's it's the episodes you don't know. Like, her going to the Brown Derby and, like, when they first get to California and, and, like, she, like, drops a pie on Bill Holden. Like, everything, everything on that season on season four when they go to la is fan and hollywood is so good so yeah i i watch that show about four or five times a week so that's why i was like you know what maybe this well, show you, is
1: you're a true fan
0: <laughs> yeah man like that's why i was like i was thinking i'm like you know what i love the sopranos as my number one greatest show ever made but in reality i'm like is it my favorite because i'm i watch I love lucy for breakfast literally while I eat breakfast i watch i love lucy on the weekends and it's like a tradition that i've had since i was a kid and it's like one of my favorite traditions to do now so i do that all the time along with that i it's one of the connections me and jen have because that's her favorite show too so the fact that that's That's her favorite show that was and that wasn't that wasn't planned at all so so the fact that her favorite show happens to be my favorite show is like kind of me. And the fact that it's a show, and the fact that it's a show from like nineteen fifty one. Well,
1: that's good. You get to watch it together, and not be annoyed that you're watching it together. No, <laughs> never, never that. You don't have to have that whole like, oh, like I have to watch this because you want to watch it.
0: It's like, do I have to watch it? It's in black and white. What is this? Boy, I hate black and white episodes. So, I mean, and that's one thing I hate. I they aired on and on uh on CBS now. Like every May, they put it in color, which sucks. I hate when they do that. So it. you're rating kind of like what they think people want. <laughs> you're you're a ratings guy, right? So when the right. before we we cut it, this uh the episode. So we're talking about when Lucy gives birth. Uh, it's called Lucy. The episode's called Lucy Goes to the Hospital. It premiered on January nineteenth, nineteen fifty-three. Seventy-one point nine percent of all America homes are watching that episode. Forty-four million people watched that episode. Gee. So you are the ratings, Jeez. you are the ratings guy. So what that that should say how many you know how big it was.
1: Yeah, and sadly nothing touches that close to <laughs> yeah. at all anymore.
0: And then the first issue of TV Guide actually, it was April 5, April third, nineteen fifty three, 1953, featured a cover of uh the baby, which is Desi Arnaz Jr. And it caption the caption said Lucy's fifty million dollar baby. So it shows how big that everything was with that. That was, yeah, so yeah, so like you love Buffy the way I love I love Lucy, Lucy. <laughs> and then, obviously, when we get to the end, they go to Lucy does a comedy hour and a transition to a one hour show, and um, it's good, it you know has it's not as you know as we said, it's not well, as good at the end, but you can see because they get divorced around that time, and you kind of see that they're not they're not there, you know with their chemistry anymore because. They don't really care about each other at that point. Oh, that's that's unfortunate. No, I mean they stay they remain friends. They after their divorce they remain friends until they both died. But you know, it that was a rough time. Like if you see, if you see that last episode, like uh Lucy, I think it's called Lucy Meets the Mustache or something like that. Right. And then she they kiss at the end, but the kiss is like you can see it in their face. Like Lucy doesn't wanna be force. anywhere near him, yeah, so forced. But not to end on a downer, I love Lucy's a great show. And all the shows we named today, guys, just listen, my list, if you guys haven't checked it out, seen any of these shows, please check them out. They're on Netflix. They're on Blu-ray. They're on DVD. They're on Laserdisc. They're on VHS. They're streaming somewhere. They're somewhere. (laughs) So let us know what you guys think of this episode. And next,
1: this week. I can tell you right now, I'm going to get crap for not putting stuff like Friends and How I Met Your Mother and all those shows on. Man. don't get me started on <laughs> friends i don't like friends so i don't like friends either and i'm like i'm the only like i, I told i think i told you like a trivia when there's a friends round i like you know i'm like you dominating do. troops round, i just shit up and then everyone else like just knows every the ins and outs of that show so i'll take and shit. like i'll take know. shit too with you then because i don't like friends good so. yeah 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 i tried i've, I've given i've given the effort and then this week, while it was on live, and while and like I've tried to watch reruns, and I just don't get it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't get it either. So I prefer, I I prefer, uh, prefer him, him. So yeah. Um, but this week, uh, it's we already kind of had the summer kickoff in March, but the real summer kickoff is this Thursday. So you will be covering Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> I'm a little excited. Can't lie just a little bit just a little bit i think it's gonna be great nah man i'm sure of course it is guardians was until civil war was my favorite marvel film so i cannot wait to watch this
1: and i give credit because i had no i had no prior knowledge Neither did i Um, so that's why i loved it so much (laughs) because i had no idea who any of these characters
0: were and the fact that i loved it the way i did says so much about like everything about that um and that's pretty much it this week i mean your cover will cover you with our film news and next week on the podcast we will be covering guilty pleasures our top 10 guilty pleasures of all time so look for that next week and look for guardians of the galaxy review uh, next week as well so for this week I am David Gaius, thanks for joining us kids see you at the movies
1: thanks for listening you can find our show notes and more at realtalking.com follow us on Facebook and Instagram at realchronicles Love what you hear? Leave us a review and tell your friends. If you have a topic you want us to cover, shoot us an email at realtalkinc at gmail.com. Until next Monday, keep it real.